Hello and welcome back to Major League Talk Giants edition. Today is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. My name is Henry Seth. This is episode 14 and we're going to be reviewing the series against Arizona Diamondbacks. So this was the 13th series overall and the first series against Arizona Diamondbacks and the Giants traveled to the desert for this four game series over the weekend. Game one went well with Casey Schmidt staying hot and with Cobb's fantastic performance, helping the Giants to a 6-2 win over the division rivals. The next three games didn't go quite as planned, however. Game two saw a little back and forth between the teams with the Giants uh, running a bullpen game, Ross Stripling getting the most innings. The Giants did drop the game, however, 7-5. Game three was less of an even matchup with the Giants batters having to go up against ace Zach, uh, Zach Gallen who only gave up one run, which came in the first. Basically funny, the defense were able to hold the Diamondbacks runless for five full innings. However, things took a turn in the sixth, with Dave funny being pulled after loading the bases with no outs. Alexander would come on in relief, and the Diamondbacks took advantage, with the Giants ultimately losing 7-2. Game four saw Webb take the mound and give up only one run on three hits through seven innings, with the game tied 1-1, going to the bottom of the ninth, the Giants were searching for a shutdown inning and extras. However, a leadoff walk would be their undoing. A double would allow that walk to score from first and give the Diamondbacks the 2-1 walk-off win on Mother's Day. Giants dropped three of four to the Diamondbacks in the desert and are once again on a losing streak. Conforto did have a solid series going 5-14 for 14 with two home runs, two walks, and only one strikeout. I thought that would be uh, good to mention there. So let's go ahead and get into these games. Uh, game one, Alex Cobb was the starting uh, starter. He threw a great game going seven scoreless innings. His final line was 7.1 innings pitched, seven hits, no runs, two walks, three strikeouts. His season ERA is now 1.7, and that leads the National League and is good for third overall in MLB. As for our lineup, he had Estrada in second. Uh, he kind of had a rough series. He only went oh, he went over four in this game. With two strikeouts, Flores was DHing 0 for 5 with a strikeout. Hanniger in left 0 for 4. Davis third, 2 for 4. Um, Conforto in right 0 for 2 with two walks. Schmidt at short, he went 4 for 4 with a home run, three RBIs, and two runs. Bart was catching, he went 1 for 4 uh, with a run and an RBI. Wade Jr. was at first, he went 1 for 4 with an RBI. And Johnson was in center field 0 for 2, also with an RBI and a walk. Totals, we went eight for 33, three strikeouts, three walks, six runs, and only one home run. The first reliever was Tyler Rogers, who came out to finish the eighth inning with a runner on first and one out. He only needed five pitches to get an inning-ending double play. Cole Waits came out for the ninth due to having a 6-0 lead. He gave up a single, a walk, and then got a ground out before he gave up a two-RBI single. Uh, this would lead Kapler to bring out Duvall, who would strike out the next two batters to end the game. The offense left five on base, went two for six with runners in scoring position. Schmidt had a double. Conforto ground into a double play. Estrada was caught stealing and successfully stole a base. The defense turned three double plays, picked off a runner. Cobb had one wild pitch, and Estrada was hit by a pitch. All right, so... That's the overall game. Let's go ahead and get into the pitcher report. Like I said, Cobb was the starter, so he threw 104 pitches to start the game. Uh, 39 splitters, 38 sinkers, 26 knuckle curves, and one slider, just for fun. Splitters were all coming in at 89.5. Uh, knuckle curves were averaging 83.1. 
Sinkers were averaging 94 and a half. Uh, as far as the movement, that knuckle curve had the most drop, obviously, uh, kind of tailing away from what would be a right-handed batter. And then the splitter and the sinker would be coming into or toward a right-handed batter. Uh, relatively same release point as usual. His strike zone, there's not like a huge trend line. Like he, you wouldn't really be able to plot like a trend line going up and in to down and out or anything like that. It's kind of just one big circle on this one for this game. Um, nothing really too high, a lot kind of like low and in, I guess. He threw 59 pitches in the strike zone, uh, 45 out of the zone. Batters would swing at 41 of them. Um, they swung mostly at his splitters and only swung at a couple of his knuckle curves. They took mainly knuckle curves uh, and sinkers. 39 balls, 29 strikes, 24 of which were called, five were swinging, and 36 of his pitches were contacted in some way, 13 for foul tips, 16 hits for outs, and seven base hits. Ten hard hits, uh, three of those were line drives, and the rest were ground balls. So another good game for Cobb. Uh, as far as the umpire, this is someone we've actually seen before calling balls and strikes. Uh, while the Giants are playing, Charlie Ramos or Ramos, however you want to say that for this game his overall accuracy was 91% uh, overall favor plus 0.45 runs for the Giants and overall consistency, 91% uh, impactful missed calls. First one in the bottom of the ninth weights to Guriel jr. Zero outs runners on first and second two O count. A ball is called a strike. Uh, number two, bottom of the eighth Cobb to Rojas one out. Base is empty. 3-2 count strike is called a ball. And top of the third, Henry to Hanniger. One out, runner on second. 2-2 count strike is called a ball. It's called ball accuracy was sitting at 90% with 10 of 104 called balls being true strikes. And it's called strike accuracy was 91%. Four of 45 called strikes were true balls. So not a bad game for him to be officiating. Um, the last time we saw him was Wednesday April 19th, when we played Miami, that was also a game that the Giants won 5-2. to two. Uh, And between these two games, his called strike accuracy stayed the same, 91%. His called ball accuracy uh, dropped from the Miami game to this game from 94, uh, 94% to 90%, but his favor was still for the Giants. So fun stuff there if that kind of stuff you know does it for you all right moving on to game two game two was a bullpen game um brebia opened only pitching the first inning getting two strikeouts and allowing no runs stripling relieved him and pitched most of the innings at 3.1 innings pitched giving up five hits four runs two home runs walking two and striking out two stripling struggles continue uh and it was it was kind of odd how they did the pitching in this game we'll get into that a little bit later uh the lineup wade jr playing first and then going to center field he was three for five uh scoring twice estrada uh he went oh for five in this game with two strikeouts davis was over at third he went three for five with an rbi and a strikeout peterson was dh'ing uh and then eventually bart would come on to take his spot in the 
uh, batting lineup and take over the catching duties from Sable. Peterson was one for one with two walks, two runs, a home run, and two RBIs. Bart was 0 for 1. Uh, Hanniger was in left field, 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Conforto in right field, 2 for 4 with a home run. Uh, Schmidt at short, he went 1 for 4 in this game with an RBI. Sable started out catching. He went 1 for 3, and then Flores would come on to pinch hit in his spot and then play first base. Uh, he went 0 for 1. Wisely was in center, 0 for 2. Uh, and then VR would come in to pinch hit in his spot. He went 0 for 1. And then Johnson would come in after that, play center field, and he went 0 for 1. So no productivity out of the number 9 spot. Total 8 for 33 with 7 strikeouts, 2 walks, 5 runs, 2 home runs. After stripling uh, for pitching, Junis would come out of the pen. He'd finish the 5th inning. Uh, between him and Stripling, it was a 1-2-3 inning. His final line was 1.2 innings pitched, two hits, two runs, one earned, one walk, and two strikeouts. Wood, see, gets a little weird, huh? Wood would come out for the seventh, giving up three hits and one run, walking one and striking out one. And then Alexander would pitch the eighth, giving up only a hit, getting a fly out and two ground outs. The offense would end up leaving eight on base. Uh, went two for nine with earners in scoring position. Peterson and Davis hit two out RBIs. Davis, Wade Jr., Schmidt, and Sable all hit doubles. Peterson was hit by pitch. The defense turned one double play. Sable had a pass ball, and the Diamondbacks successfully stole a base. Um, now, back to how weird it was with this pitching, right? So to start, to get into the series to begin with, the Giants didn't really announce all four starting pitchers before the series started like they ended the last series and then it was tba 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 uh so then we decide okay we're gonna activate wood and then we're gonna have brebbia open oh and then ross stripling's gonna come in and pitch three and a third by the way here's wood for a little bit and uh it was it felt it didn't it just felt weird Alex Pavlovich put it in a very good, uh, he more succinctly uh, described just how weird it was. But uh, so I'm not going to look at Brebbia for this one. I'm going to look at Stripling, seeing as he got three and a third. So that was the most out of all the pitchers. Uh, he threw 65 pitches, uh, 21 four seamers, 19 changeups, 14 sliders, nine knuckle curves, two sinkers. That's a, that's a lot of pitches, man. One, two, three, five different pitches. All right. Uh, Change-ups averaged 85.1. Four-seamers averaged 91.8. Knuckle curves averaged 76.5. Sliders averaged 86.9. The movement on here, knuckle curve obviously obviously having the the most drop, but most of his pitches don't have like a lot of lateral movement, at least according to whatever center line they're using as a reference. Um, sliders a little bit away, four seamers a little bit in, change ups are the most they kind of go a little bit further in, but not not much. Uh, release point of over six feet, strike zone. This one's like more just straight up and down, not too much is like too far in or out, uh, from a right handed batter. Uh, he threw 31 pitches in the strike zone, 34 pitches out of the zone. Batters would swing at 23 of his pitches and take 42. 
uh, kind of even distribution. It looks like they might have swung up more of his changeups than they took. 26 balls, 17 strikes, 16 of them called, one swinging. 22 of his pitches were hit in some way, 10 for foul tips, 7 hits for outs, 5 base hits. 6 hard hit balls, 2 grounders, 2 line drives, 3 fly balls. So, And then, calling the balls and strikes is another man that we've seen from our infamous Mexico City series, Alfonso Marquez is behind the the plate calling the balls and strikes. Overall accuracy, 94%. Overall consistency, 91. And overall favor, plus 1.77 runs for Arizona. Impact from this call is bottom of the second, stripling to Ahmed. Uh, zero outs, runner on first, 3-2 count. A strike is called a ball. Hmm. Top of the fifth, Nelson to Wisely, zero outs, bases empty, three, two count, ball is called a strike. That's two against the Giants. Top of the first, Nelson to Estrada, zero outs, runner on first, uh, zero, zero count, ball is called a strike. So all three of these impact from this call is one against the Giants. Fun stuff. Called ball accuracy, 96%. Four of 111 called balls were true strikes. Called strike accuracy, 88%. Seven of called strikes or true balls. And like I said, the last time we saw this man was when we played or when the Giants played in Mexico City and lost 16 to 11. Um, his overall favorite there was also against the Giants, but only plus 0.48 runs for San Diego at that time. Uh, his called strike accuracy did get better in this game against the Diamondbacks. The game against the Diamondbacks was 88 Back in Mexico City was 78. His called ball accuracy uh, around the same. 96 in Arizona, 95 in Mexico City. But, uh, yeah. Don't really want to see him again. Oh, well. All right, so on to game three. Game three was a Desclafani start. Uh, he was doing well for uh, five innings, holding the Diamondbacks to zero runs and defending a 1-0 lead, but he struggled in the sixth. Uh, his final line was five innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs, uh, because he did get pulled off with the bases loaded. One walk and two strikeouts. Um, and part of the story with Desclafani for this is apparently he's got a, a toenail injury, and he had dropped a, a piano bench on his toe and he was dealing with that. So that might be some of what was planned uh, into that, especially if you look at one of the plays, it was an infield single and he ran to get it, but he just could not quite get to it in time. Um, anyway, moving on to our lineup, Estrada was at second. He went 0 for 4 and 2 strikeouts, but did score a run. Um, Flores was DHing. He went 1 for 3 with a walk and an RBI. Wade Jr. was at first. He went one for three with a walk. Davis was at third, 0 for three uh, with an RBI. Hanniger left field, 0 for four with three strikeouts. Rough day for him. Conforto, two for four. Uh, Schmidt at short, two for four. Bart catching, uh, 0 for two with a strikeout. But then Sable would come in to pinch hit and then take over the catching duties. He went one for two with a strikeout. And then Wisely in center field, 0 for three. Uh, but he did score a run 
Uh, total seven for 32 with seven strikeouts, two walks, and two runs. Uh, after Desclafani left three runners on, Alexander would come in, and there were no outs. So bases loaded, no outs. Alexander, come try and get a shutout inning. Not going to happen. He gave up one hit and walked one, allowing four runs to score. Three of those were credited to Desclafani uh, and striking out only one. Taylor Rogers would come out for the seventh, the defense working behind him to get the three outs, uh, giving up no hits and runs. Tristan Beck came out for the eighth, striking out one, giving up three hits, one of which was a home run and three runs. And the offense left six on base, went one for six with runners in scoring position. Flores and Conforto hit doubles. Flores had a two-out RBI, and Schmidt was caught stealing. The defense turned one double play, and Alexander and Beck each had a wild pitch. The Giants intentionally walked one batter, Christian Walker. So Dave Sclafani, uh, five total innings, 77 pitches, um, 33 sliders, 21 sinkers, 10 four-seamers, nine changeups, four knuckle curves. That's a lot. Um... Change-ups averaged 85.1. Four-seamers averaged 93.1. Knuckle-curves averaged 82. And sinkers averaged 92.5. With the sliders coming in, an average of 86.5. Movement, sliders, and knuckle-curves were more away. Change-ups, four-seamers, and sinkers were more tailing into a righty. Knuckle curves had the most drop with the sliders and changeups having uh, more drop than the four seamers and sinkers. All relatively same release point. Strike zone, again, this not a huge trend line that can be really plotted here. Um, there were quite a, there were some that were more away, like pretty far out away from a, a righty, but. Uh, this is mainly like top to bottom. Uh, Desclafani threw 39 pitches in the strike zone, 38 pitches out of the strike zone. Batter swung at 32 and took 45. Looks like they took more of the sliders, but everything else is kind of like an even uh, difference there. 31 balls, 17 strikes, 14 of them called, three of them swinging. Uh, all three of the swing and strikes were sliders. The called strikes were sinkers and sliders. Uh, and then batters were able to hit 29 of his pitches, 12 for foul tips, 12 for how outs, and then only five base hits. Uh, four hard hits, two of them ground balls, one line drive, one fly ball. And behind the dish, Calling the balls and strikes, Ramon de Jesus, 93% overall accuracy, 92% overall consistency, overall favor, plus 0.76 runs for San Francisco. Impactful missed calls, bottom of the eighth, Beck to Longoria. Uh, one out, runners on first and second, 0-2 count, a ball is called a strike. Bottom of the second, base Clefani to Walker. Zero outs, bases empty, 3-1 count, a ball is called a strike. And then top of the fourth, Gallon to Flores, zero outs, bases empty, two, one count, strike is called a ball. Called ball accuracy was 96%. Three of 84 called balls were true strikes and is called strike accuracy 86%. 
three of 37 called strikes were true balls. All right, so let's get into the last game here. Uh, that was a web day. He delivered his fifth straight quality start and second straight start, allowing only one run. His final line was seven innings pitched, three hits, one run, three walks, and three strikeouts. As for our lineup, Wade Jr. first, 0 for 4, two strikeouts. Estrada at second, 2 for 4 with a strikeout. Conforto and right, 1 for 4, home run. Davis DHing, 0 for 3 with a strikeout and a walk. Sable on left, 0 for 2 with a strikeout and two walks. Schmidt third, this was his first hitless day, 0 for 4 uh, with three strikeouts. And then Crawford at short, 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. And Bart catching, 0 for 3 with one strikeout. Wisely in center, 0 for 3. A total of 3 for 30. 12 strikeouts, three walks, one run. So Tyler Rogers came out for the eighth inning, getting two flyouts and a ground out. In the ninth, he walked the first batter in seven pitches. Then the next batter, Gary L. Jr., hit the walk-off RBI double. The defense left five on base with 0 for 6 with the runners in scoring position, hit a double. The defense turned one double play. Webb hit Marte with a pitch. The Diamondbacks stole one base. Another web start squandered. All right, Webb, 98 pitches, 41 sinkers, 32 changeups, 20 sliders, and five four seamers. His changeups averaged 87.7. His four seamers averaged 92.9. His sinkers averaged 92.5. And, and his sliders averaged 84.9. Sliders. Tailing away, change-ups, sinkers, four-seamers tailing into a righty. Relatively same release point. Strike zone, a little bit of a trend kind of going down and out from a righty. He threw 49 pitches in the zone compared to 49 out of the zone. And batters would swing at 39 of his pitches and take 59. They mainly took the sinkers and the sliders, and they mainly swung at the changeups. 39 balls, 25 strikes, 20 called, 5 swinging. And batters would be able to contact 34 of his pitches, 14 foul tips, 17 hits for outs, and 3 base hits. The base hits were 2 changeups and a sinker. Six hard hits, two ground balls, three line drives, and one fly ball. As for the man calling the balls and strikes, a man named Doug Eddings. Overall accuracy, 91%. Overall consistency, 89%. And might as well not even list the overall favor. It was only plus 0.01 runs for Arizona. Yeah, that's probably one of the most even ones we've seen so far. Impactful missed calls, top of the ninth, Castro to Sable, one out, bases empty, 2-2 two, two count, a ball is called a strike. Top of the fifth, Fad to Wisely, one out, bases empty, 2-1 count, ball is called a strike. Bottom of the ninth, or excuse me, bottom of the fifth, Webb to Fletcher, zero outs, bases empty, 0-1 count, strike is called a ball. So all those impactful missed calls did go against the Giants. Uh, call ball like you're seeing 96%. Four of 97 called balls were true strikes. 
called strike accuracy 82%. Nine of 49 called strikes were true balls. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the four games. And let's move on to the second half. So this series buries the Giants again with a record of 17 and 23, six games under 500, and eight and a half games back of the first place Dodgers, who are six, 26 and 15 at the time of writing this. The Diamondbacks separate themselves more at second, 23 and 18, with San Diego at third, who's also under 500. They're 19 and 22. The Rockies are only a half game back of the Giants at 17 and 24. The Giants don't turn a corner soon. They could see themselves sitting in last place of the NL West. There are a few things I wanted to highlight this episode. Um, first, I wanted to start by looking at Estrada, who really has emerged as the best center on the team this year, with solid defense to back it up. He is emerging as a favorite to be an all-star for the Giants. He's really stepped up and has solidified his place as an everyday player. And while this year has been great, he has hit a little bit of a cold streak here. Um, over the last two series, so all four games against the Diamondbacks and two games against the Nationals, he's hit four for 26 with nine strikeouts and two doubles and two stolen bases. That's enough to make his slash line go from 346, 399, 542, to 310, 359, 494. His entire month of May so far is 241, 293, 426, compared to April, where he hit 340, 389, 530. So I really just wanted to mention this because it is something to keep an eye on. But I have no doubt that he will hit his way out of this mild slump, a slump for him at least, especially when you compare it to what he was doing, um, baseball players will hit slumps and they'll hit hot streaks. It just happens throughout the season. He hit a really good hot streak coming into the season that padded his stats a little bit. He's having this little bit of a cold streak. He's going to turn it around. I believe him. Another player we should highlight is Casey Schmidt. So far, he started at second, third, and short. And some of these stats are going to include the game that was played yesterday against the Phillies. Yes, I'm recording this on Tuesday and not Monday. I felt like shit on Monday because I drank too much on Sunday. Uh, Anyway, Schmidt's been good at all three positions. He has three assists at both second and third, 15 assists and three putouts at short with three double plays, two started and one turned. He also has no errors errors so far. His bat's been exciting too, 13 for 28, slashing 464, 464, 821, with five runs, two home runs, five RBIs, four strikeouts, four doubles. Not bad for a seven-game stretch. Will the pace continues? Who knows? Uh, we would like for it to stay that way. However, the pitchers in the league uh, will start to figure him out soon, and you kind of started to see that uh, with Gallon and on during the Sunday game. They started really trying to stretch out some of those off-speed pitches out of the zone to see what he would swing at. Uh, And we may start seeing the numbers come back to earth. However, we should just keep rooting for him, keep having fun watching him, because it is a lot of fun to see our farm system produce and develop players like this. And this is what the fans need. This is what the team needs to maintain spark and entertainment. 
And I, for one, can't wait to see what the rest of the season is going to hold for him. And real quick, before we move on from these two batters, I did see this tweet that was pretty interesting from SFG Stats uh, on Twitter. It was at uh, SF underscore Giant Stats. 2023 season stats. So remember in the offseason, there were four major free agent shortstops um, who could also play second base if they needed to, I guess. So you look at Correa, 84 weighted runs created plus, slashing 201, 277, 396 for a 673 OPS. $32 million. Swanson, I liked him. 123 uh, weighted runs created plus, slashing 280, 383, 408 for an OPS of $791. $13 $13 million. Bogarts, 125 weighted runs created plus, slashing 268, 365, 431, OPS of 796, $25 million. Turner, we're all familiar with him. 90 weighted runs created plus, slashing 260, 308, 405, for an OPS of 713. million. And then we have our boy Estrada. 135 weighted runs created plus. 310, 359, 494 for an 852 OPS. $2.25 million. So just some perspective there on the free agents that we, that the organization probably was looking at with the one that we did go after compared to Estrada, who is being a great player for us this year. Like I said, he will turn around whatever little slump he's in. Okay. So now we're going to turn to trends in pitching. So I separated the starters into two different groups. We have the main four Webb, wood, Cobb, Desclafani, and the new two Manaya and stripling. It looked like at the beginning of the year that Kapler was working toward a rotation schedule of Webb, Wood, Cobb, Manaya, Desclafani. Okay, that's kind of how it played out through most of the season so far with a couple of hiccups here and there. Wood got injured and the team had to supplement with Stripling. And the team has also thrown two bullpen games, both opened by Brebbia, although the one in this series uh, felt more like a Brebbia supplemented Stripling start. Right, Brebbia came out for only one inning, Stripling pitched the next three and a third. Um, I went back and looked at all the stat starts for the season. The team's record when the main four start, 15 and 14. Now, don't forget, Webb had four straight starts that were losses with four runs apiece, and DeScafani had a fluke first inning against the Nationals with five earned runs. So that's kind of skewing that data right there. The new two? The team's record is two and eight with one of them starting. The main four have turned in 14 quality starts. The new two have only mustered one quality start between the 10 games the two of them have started. That was Manaya, in case anybody's wondering. The main four have had seven games where they gave up three earned runs or more. The new two have had six where they have given up three earned runs or more. 
the main four have had 11 games where they pitched less than six innings. The new two have had nine games where they pitched less than six innings. Uh, for those that are wondering, the team is one and one in bullpen games. The most ERA a starter has given up is five. And that happened twice, back-to-back, actually, with Stripling and then DeSclafani. There have been six instances of starters giving shutout starts. None of those belongs to the new two. Stripling has been hurt by the long ball, but more consistently pitches at least five innings. He's got four starts, three of which he went five innings, one of which was 3.1. Manaya started out okay and then seems to have just tumbled. He's had four starts where he couldn't make it four full innings, and he started six times. To be fair to him, he did have a start in Mexico City where he managed to stay on the mound after taking a line drive to the kneecap. He's tough, but his command needs work. As a fan, I truly hope these two figure it out and figure it out quick. As a realist, it looks like it'll be a good bet to just take the other team when they start. And that still doesn't absolve the bullpen from being unable to hold games and then pitch saves. And that doesn't absolve the offense from depending too much on home runs and not being able to put some balls on the ground in the gaps and string together base hits and RBIs. This is, this is just one aspect of the game. But it's pretty glaring the problem we have. We've got four starters that are dependable. Yes, Webb had a rough start, but he's getting back into his own field. And then we've got two other starters that are we're trying to figure out which one's going to fill in that fifth spot, and they're unreliable. You can rely on Stripling to give up a few runs, two to four to five. Um, but other than that... Not reliable in a good sense. So we'll see what happens. But. And that'll do it for us. Uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I truly appreciate it. Once again, if you got any comments, pointers, tips, or any corrections, let me know. Uh, I do appreciate any and all the feedback that I get. Um, once again, for all the stats, baseball savant, baseball reference, ESPN, uh, fan graphs, um, um, scorecards, The Athletic via Andrew Baggerly and Grant Brisby, and NBC Sports Bay Area via Alex Pavlovich. So if you already watched the first game of the Philly series, you know we're off to a decent start there. We got two more games against them, and I'll try and get that episode out Thursday after the series is done. Take it easy.